We appreciate the support of our sponsors. To find out how you can be part of the next What If Discussed, contact sales at notorious.llc. Peter? (laughs) What? (laughs) My name is Richard Garner. And I am an energy drink aholic. <laughs> I was you always start off the show very dramatically with something like that. I wasn't sure uh, what was going to happen today, but apparently today we're in the middle of an intervention. Is that well? And, and I'm only half kidding. Like I mean, and I certainly don't want it to seem like I'm making light of the twelve step program or, or people in uh, real uh, you know AA meetings, or whatever. Because the truth of the matter is, by all definitions. I would be considered addicted to energy drinks. My day starts. Like starts when you say starts means like wake up. It's like I have orange literally juice. crack a, a monster Red Bull, whatever's really on sale to be honest. Gonna be. Like there's no difference in taste. There you. is. Yeah. There is a different in taste, but it tells you it's not about the taste at the end. It's about the, it's about the getting jacked. Is that what you would say? Well, it's about it's about. Yes. It's about waking up. I would say that is out of the ordinary. Mm-hmm. And uh, from all I've heard about energy drinks is uh, I, I've never had one myself. Did you? Wow. You know, they've been around for years and years and years. Never ceased to Never amaze had me. a single one. You're waking, wake and bake, basically. <laughs> wake and bake is a whole other show, by the way. <laughs> but I would say if I was saying I, I woke up and had a coffee right away, you wouldn't think that's crazy. I wouldn't. And I know what you're getting at because coffee is caffeine is a drug and that's obviously, uh, you know, not necessarily good for you either. But mm-hmm. it's just a widely accepted coffee, tea, even beer and, and spirits. It is. And we live in a world where, again, it's it's not always just because it's legal that it's right or just. Not a lot of people have studied this, but thankfully our guests today has studied this because this is an area that I think is just emerging as something we need to understand more about, uh, whether it's fatigue, whether it's how people sort of manage stimulating themselves, whether they should be at all. But that is why we were welcoming today Danielle Robertson-Rath, caffeine scientist, author, speaker, and really one of the only people I know that studied this area as much as pretty much anybody out there, the author of are you a monster or a rock star? Danielle Robertson-Rath, <laughs> welcome to What If Discussed. Thank you so much for having me. So, I mean, I guess it's a, it's a fair question off the top because I think most people, like Peter, they default to energy drinks are bad. Yeah. And most <laughs> of the studies or articles you read reflect that. So they, 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 but they usually are sort of combined with you know, if you're having six or seven a day or this. So let's just get started on that. Um, first question, where do you fall on whether they're sort of healthy or not healthy energy drinks? Well, that is a very tricky question. It's tricky to say energy drinks are healthy or they're unhealthy for the same reason. It's tricky to say cereal is healthy or unhealthy mm. on one side of the spectrum. You have lucky Charms. on the other side of the spectrum. You have raisin brand. And so energy drinks have a similar spectrum. There's the stereotypical energy drink, the one that people usually think of, which is high caffeine, high sugar. And then there's the other end of the spectrum, which is green tea, B vitamins, natural sweetener, and that's it. So it's very difficult to say all energy drinks are healthy or unhealthy. You have to look at the specific ingredients and the caffeine content. 
So as uh, Richard so helpfully pointed out <laughs> off the top, caffeine uh, from coffee may be uh, just as bad, but... Uh, you mentioned green tea as being a good one. That's full of caffeine as well. And coffee is the, the drink of choice for most people that I know, at least on this continent. Mm-hmm. Um, how do the two stack up, energy drinks and, and coffee? Well, there's a lot of differences, which we probably don't have time to get into here. But there's three key differences between coffee and energy drinks. The first is that the caffeine content isn't what you'd expect. People mm-hmm. that love mm-hmm. their coffee sometimes look down on or worry about people that have their energy drinks. But a grande brewed coffee from Starbucks is equal to three Red Bulls. So one grande coffee is the caffeine content of three Red Bulls. I'll give you another one. One grande pumpkin spice latte is about one can of Monster Energy or one and a half Red Bulls. So you really have to look at the caffeine content and not be focused on is it a coffee with its healthy halo or an energy drink with its negative stereotypes. So that's yeah. the first difference, the yeah, caffeine content. The other thing is that energy drinks are really good about telling you how much caffeine is in the container. That's part of their best practices. It's really hard to know how much caffeine you're getting with coffee because it's a natural product. They don't have to label the amount of caffeine. So it's very difficult to know yeah. how much caffeine you're getting. And then the third key difference between coffee and energy drinks is what other people are in that party. It's called the food matrix. So with coffee, you're just getting caffeine and water and antioxidants. With energy drinks, you might be getting taurine, B vitamins, glucuronolactone, other ingredients. So you have to look at the whole picture. You have to look at the whole food matrix. And coffee, because it's simpler, is often, but not always, healthier because there's fewer things. But if you're adding cream and sugar, that might not be true. You have to look at every every piece of the puzzle. Well, like most things on the show or otherwise, a little more complex than initially thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to continue with Danielle Robertson-Rath uh, after the break. More on What If Discussed. What If Discussed is brought to you today by Keeps. You know, as guys, so much of our identity is wrapped up in our hair. That's why as we get a little older and start noticing the first signs of hair loss, it definitely feels like panic time. Face it, no guy is ever ready to go bald. So thankfully, now there's Keeps, the simple and easy way to keep your hair. Yeah, the numbers are actually a little more startling than we might think. Two out of three guys experience some sort of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35, Pete. So it's something you have to get on while you still have the hair. Well, you can get treated from home. You used to have to go to the doctor's office for your hair loss prescription, but now, thanks to Keeps, you can visit a doctor online and get hair loss medication delivered right to your home. They deliver your medication every three months, so you can say goodbye to pharmacy checkout lines and awkward doctor visits. And... It is a long process, four to six months before you really start seeing the results, but there's plenty of testimonials of people that are super happy with that and are happy they did it, but you got to get started because the sooner you start, the more hair you keep, for lack of a better way ah, to say it. No, they'll love that. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash what if to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash what if. Welcome back to What If Discussed. We are with 
Danielle Robertson-Rath, the author of Are You a Monster or Are You a Rockstar? Is that right? Is that, did I get the title right, Danielle? Yes, yes. Are You a Monster or a Rockstar? A Guide to Energy Drinks. And so it's it a great is a title, by the way. It's it is a great title, title yeah. but it's also a helpful book in, in that this is an area that a lot of people uh, don't really understand. There is information out there. There's not tons of studies. Uh, there's articles. You, you know, you talked off the top of most of them skew towards they're not good. But not surprisingly, most articles about coffee skew towards that's good. And we talked with Danielle in the first part of the show about, well, some of that's also misleading yeah, more information not- on that. Um, in the end, they're, they're delivery systems, right? I mean, that's the one thing we haven't really talked about. It's whether it's coffee, whether it's caffeine pills, uh, whether it's energy drinks, these are systems that are designed to sort of deliver caffeine. Um, does the science in the end support long-term moderated caffeine use as healthy? Yes. Yes, it does. In fact, there was a giant, giant research paper. I mean, 50 pages, uh, a systematic review published in 2017 in the Journal of Food Chemistry and Toxicology. And they looked at decades worth of research on caffeine from all different sources, coffee, tea, energy drinks, food with caffeine. They concluded what papers before them have concluded, that if you stay under 400 milligrams of caffeine per day, then there's no increased risk for things like cardiovascular effects, behavioral effects, reproductive effects, or developmental effects. So that 400 milligrams is like the, the uh, what do you call it, the pivot point on a seesaw. If you stay below that, the benefits of caffeine outweigh the side effects. If you go over 400 milligrams of caffeine, then you start having more side effects than benefits. Interesting. Now, th- this is ultimately probably more of a conversation about uh, energy, or specifically stimulation. Is we're we're all looking for stimulation, and you know this may come under the category of that's a story for another <laughs> what if. But give us a give us a picture about uh, the epidemic of fatigue. What's what has your research told you about why we're so tired all the time? Well, there's two major causes of this increase in fatigue. The first one is our screens. We're looking at our screens all the time, so that is messing up our circadian (laughs) rhythm. That's the the biggest reason. But the second reason is that as more and more products come out in the marketplace with caffeine, people aren't drinking or aren't consuming caffeine as strategically as they can. For example, we've been drinking coffee forever, so... The average person knows that coffee is good. They know they drink it in the morning. It's fine. But they might not be thinking about how that cup of coffee is sabotaging their sleep. And so they drink caffeine at 3 p.m. They don't sleep well. They wake up tired. They need more caffeine. And it's it's a vicious cycle. So I believe that that is what's happening. And in fact, um, in Michael Pollan's book, Caffeine, he makes the same exact mistake that a rookie might make. He goes from having no caffeine whatsoever to having this very strong coffee with extra shots of espresso. That's equivalent to not working out for three years and then signing up for CrossFit or for a marathon. Like Mm, (laughs) you need to be more strategic with how much caffeine you have, how quickly you drink it and what time of day you're drinking it. And I don't think enough people are doing that, which is why I do what I do. 
I enjoy a nice espresso after supper. I know espresso's got a little bit less caffeine in it, but is that ill-advised? Like you're saying after 3 p.m., I heard you say, is that is that sort of the cutoff time for uh, drinking caffeine? That's what I recommend. Assuming that you have a normal schedule, you're not working night shift or anything. Assuming that you go to bed around 10 p.m. or midnight, you want to cut yourself off from caffeine around 3 because it takes three to six hours for half of that caffeine to leave your system. So you want to give that caffeine enough time to be metabolized before you try and go to sleep. And 3 p.m. is a good cutoff point for caffeine to leave your system. Well, a lot more to talk about, a lot more to dive into, pros and cons of energy drinks and caffeine use, uh, the management of it. Also, I'd like to get into a little more about the brands themselves, you know, which ones are quote unquote better, healthier, if any of them are. Um, Danielle, can you stick around for a little more? Absolutely. So we are going to continue with Danielle Robertson Rath talking caffeine, talking energy drinks. Um, but uh, for the maybe we'll talk a little bit about sugar too. And yeah, the, which is actually a big you know sugar free or not sugar is also yeah. a big part of this. It's a good point. Uh, but for the YouTube uh, viewers, uh, where can they go? Well, Peter? if you're watching us on YouTube right now, there's a link right below. You can see, yeah, click on that and you can uh, get the extended audio podcast where we'll have more with caffeine scientist and author Danielle Robertson Rath. If you're listening already on the podcast, there's nothing for you to do. Just stay tuned. Um, and you'll hear the rest of us. But if you are leaving, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week on What If Discussed. Welcome back to What If Discussed, and specifically to our discussion topic today. What if you are addicted to energy drinks? Uh, you're listening to one right now. You should get some advice here. Because uh, I'm, I'm certainly going to be getting some guidance from Danielle because it's something I've obviously been thinking about for a while. People have said, you got to get off the energy drinks. And I don't necessarily believe that what I'm consuming daily would be considered anything different from coffee, but we'll leave that up to the expert. We'll ask Danielle in a second, right. who is the author of Are You a Monster or a Rockstar? Danielle Robertson-Rath, caffeine scientist, author, speaker. Actually, let's just ask you right now, Danielle, am I an addict? Am I an energy drink addict if... I just have one a day in the morning, sugar-free. Every day. Yes. Do you always day. have the same exact drink? You know what? I was just telling Peter earlier, I don't because I'm so cheap. It's really up to <laughs> what what's on special yeah. when I go to the drugstore. But generally speaking, I probably have sugar-free Red Bulls 75% of the time, but it could be a sugar-free monster. It could be a sugar-free rock star, but it's always sugar-free. I would not consider you an addict. No, I wouldn't consider you any different than someone that wakes up and puts the little pod in their Keurig machine every morning. No. Yes, that's exactly what I wanted to hear. <laughs> um, so let's start with you then. First of all, I guess, are you a monster or a rock star would be a, 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 an appropriate question considering the title of your book or a, or a bull. But are you an energy drink drinker? Do you have preferences and why? I am 100% an energy drink drinker. I got into energy drinks because I don't like the taste of plain coffee and I don't like the taste of tea. Uh, so energy drinks were really the only thing that I enjoy that has caffeine in it. And my, 
my preferences vary wildly with the season and specifically with how tired I am. There are different levels of fatigue. And so I'll drink an energy drink based on my level of fatigue and based on the season, <laughs> if it's freezing cold or if it's nice and warm outside. Well, uh, Danielle, it's interesting that you mentioned fatigue. You're more than an author. You've leveraged your science background and almost 20 years of studying the evolution of energy drinks into helping people manage fatigue and caffeine use as a consultant. Um, what do you tell people about developing a caffeine tolerance? Yes. So one of the reasons I wrote my latest book, How to Get Shit Done When You Feel Like Shit, is that <laughs> Another great are- title, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, so one of the reasons people develop a caffeine tolerance is because they're not drinking caffeine as strategically as they can. For example, if you wake up and you drink the same exact energy drink every single morning, you're missing out on the ability to moderate your caffeine intake based on how tired you are. You need a proportionate response. And Mm. if you do that, if you do try and pick your drink, whether it's coffee or tea or an energy drink, based on how tired you are, you can lower your caffeine tolerance because you're only drinking as much caffeine as you need only when you need it. That's a helpful advice for me, actually, because I I don't think strategically. It's pretty much the same process every day. Um, Now, I will occasionally have a second one depending on the day and where I'm at. And sometimes, you know, let's say you had an early call or something, you had to get up, you got mm-hmm. four hours sleep. Almost for sure, at some point around three or four o'clock, I'm going to have another one. It's rare, but again, like coffee, I think, because again, my friends who drink coffee, that would be similar, but I usually don't go beyond the 3 p.m. Yeah. either, right? Yeah, so it's, it's not even an, an issue if you drink coffee. You could have three, four a day. And yeah, and, and, and I know people that do. Yeah. And I mean, look, when we see, when we see lineups around like, you know, the corner at either Tim Hortons here or Starbucks or whatever it is. Well, I don't care how you slice it. You've got a nation of addicted people. Yeah. Like we could say all we want about, oh, no, it's totally whatever. So the dependence level <laughs> is at the very least pretty ubiquitous. Is it a concern? I don't know. Some people have asked, can you overdose on caffeine? And I never would have thought to even ask that yes, question sure. if I wasn't reading Danielle's website yeah. a couple of nights ago because she's actually written about it. So Danielle, can somebody overdose on caffeine? Absolutely. And any form of caffeine, it's not just energy drinks. There have been cases of people admitted to the hospital after having 47 Diet Cokes or 26 shots of espresso and sorry just i i want to sort of intervene peter and i in a in a different lifetime used to work together at a sports television network here in canada and it was it was 98 to 2000 mm-hmm. and also again later on 2004 to for me and you got fired earlier than i did energy drinks I, yes exactly <laughs> energy drinks i don't think existed or if they did i wasn't familiar with them but there was a diet coke machine in in the in the in the newsroom and i was an addict i was having six or seven diet i was having one an hour at not the only time. that there was free coffee as well yeah so and so you just and and it was terribly long shifts and all, they were all over long, the place yeah. and i i remember somebody saying no no rich you could you, you can od so and that's we haven't mentioned diet soda as also part of this conversation so that's something people need to moderate as well yes Absolutely. You need to know how much caffeine you're drinking. And there's so many different reasons why people get addicted to caffeine. Is it the placebo effect? Is it the dopamine from the caffeine? Is it 
just that it's something social that you do? Is it part of your routine that brings you comfort because it's something familiar? Or is it just the alertness from the caffeine? There are so many reasons why people develop caffeine habits, whether it's lining up at the Starbucks or the Tim Hortons or getting your Red Bull from the 7-Eleven. I drink coffee a couple cups a day, Mm -hmm. but I never actually like... I just like having a coffee. I never feel like, oh, I need a lift or I need a boost mm-hmm. or I need, I got to have this before I, I could wait till like noon before I have my first coffee. It's not like I wake up in the morning and I need a coffee to go. But I do drink like three a day, maybe four a day. <laughs> Obviously, you know, tell me about my addiction and why I don't think I'm addicted. Tough to answer. I mean, I think the biggest advantage people have that drink coffee is that it's hot. And so you tend to drink it slowly. And so once you're getting towards the bottom of your cup, if you feel alert, if you feel maybe a little bit of the jitters, you might stop. So that self-internal feedback of, you know, feeling alert before you've gotten to the bottom of the cup is one of the reasons why people don't feel addicted to coffee. They feel like they have control of their coffee and how much they're drinking. Whereas with an energy drink or an energy shot specifically, you can chug the whole thing and it might be too much caffeine, but you've already finished it. It already might be too much. Yeah. Um, what Now, not everybody likes coffee, mm-hmm. obviously, and not people like me don't like energy drinks. So yeah. what are some options for people who don't like those two, but could use a lift? You, I mean, you hear about green tea, that's caffeinated, but I guess healthier. But what, what are some ways to get, a, uh, get, get a lift, get your jolt without uh, coffee or energy drinks? Oh, there are so many so many different options these days. It's, it's beautiful, really. Back in 2003, all the energy drinks looked exactly the same. There was not a coffee shop on every corner, so your options were limited. But these days, there are so many different caffeinated beverages with tea or herba mate or guarana that are not energy drinks. I'm, I call them energy drinks in disguise because you wouldn't consider them an energy drink, but they are sources of caffeine. Um, Obviously, your listeners can't see my collage of energy drink cans behind me, but there are so many different options that I like to highlight on my website, greeneyedguide.com. I mean, there's just so many different options for drinks that aren't the stereotypical energy drink. My favorite, in fact, is actually a little chocolate square that has caffeine in it. It's called Boosted Chews. They make them right here in Wisconsin, and I eat it as as a little dessert or sometimes if I want chocolate for breakfast, it's got mm. chocolate and caffeine. So that's another great source of caffeine if you're not an energy drink consumer. I like that idea of chocolate for breakfast. And that is a beautiful uh, background you do have there. Yes, right? that uh, people right now listening cannot yeah. see. Go but back to the video. You go back and check out the YouTube version and you will be able to see Danielle's fantastic background, the array of energy drinks behind her. But one of the things, Peter mentioned it earlier, But we haven't really talked about sugar, and it's such a big part Mm -hmm. of this uh, industry of certainly the concern scientifically initially was had a lot to do with the excessive amounts of sugar, even rivaling and surpassing like Coca-Cola and stuff like that, that coupled with higher amounts of caffeine and some of the other things Danielle mentioned earlier. In the end, I've convinced myself successfully for the for the last 10 years that the fact that I'm drinking sugar free energy drinks I'm you're, good you're okay because it doesn't have that I'm ridiculous good. amount of sugar now again that's partly because I wanted to believe that where does sugar fall for you in terms of this issue because not only energy drinks 
we grew up, I don't know how much people still do it, but we know oh the sugar content in some of these lattes and pumpkin spice, this and that. Or, you know, your father used to put in like four tablespoons oh of sugar God, yeah, into the coffee. How big of a factor is sugar in all this? It's a huge factor, not just for energy drinks, but like you mentioned, also for coffees as well. The American Heart Association suggests you should not go over 36 grams of sugar a day. There's plenty of coffee. What, period? Do you mean like in in your energy drinks or period? Uh, You should not have more than 36 grams of sugar from anywhere total in a day. That's two Cokes probably, right? Oh, that's one Coke. One Coke. Yes. So obviously there are some energy drinks with that amount of sugar. There are some coffees with that amount of sugar. But like you believe, I I completely agree with you, the sugar is much more alarming than artificial sweeteners. So I believe that you're doing the right thing by picking the sugar-free drinks. Even if that means you're getting artificial sweeteners, they're completely safe as far as all of the research I've seen, whereas too much sugar is definitely a health concern. So yes, continue to drink those sugar-free energy drinks or try and get your sugar-free coffees if you can, but definitely avoid the sugar. Uh, Now, we've been talking about caffeine and and energy drinks and sugar, and it seems like the intake has upped over the last 10, 15 years dramatically. What do you think this is doing to us as a nation? Like we're all constantly jazzed on sugar and jolted on caffeine. Is there... I'm not saying there's some sort of grand plan to like control the nation, but are we, are we like, are we all in, in a bad place? Like could, I don't know, could we change? Could we be doing better? We could absolutely be doing better. And that's why I do what I do. I try and help people drink caffeine strategically with my books and with my, my speaking workshops, because we're on, we're on an alarming path that more and more energy drinks and coffees are coming out with higher caffeine content. They're doing that because they sell well. But the problem is if you as an 18 year old drink this Starbucks triple shot with 225 milligrams of caffeine, you're going to build up a tolerance over the years of your life. And Mm. by the time you are 50, which is the age group that consumes the most amount of caffeine, you're going to need more than that 400 milligram amount we talked earlier, that's the, that's the cliff, that's the falling off point where caffeine side effects outweigh the benefits. So it is alarming that more people are having more caffeine on a daily basis, especially if this, con- uh, if this trend continues over the years. And remind us, Danielle, the 400 milligrams was a, a daily cap, right? That's correct, yes. 400 milligrams is the max a healthy adult can have in one day. If you're pregnant, it's 200 milligrams. If you're a minor, it's 100 milligrams. Hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think on average, I know you said coffee's harder to pin down. You know, let's say I think, you know, the average energy drink seems to have around 40 or 50 milligrams of caffeine in it, if I'm not mistaken. Is well, that, Red is- Bull has about 100, Monster has about 160, and Bang has 300. Those are the top three selling energy drinks in the U.S. Wow. That is, I was thinking sugar, I guess, but yeah, that's, so you're already approaching your limit with a couple of those a day. Coffee, I'm guessing similarly. So, I mean, the the truth of the matter is we could probably go on all, all day because it's, it affects so many people. It's something 
that's talked about so little because, again, so many people are addicted in whatever way that they are. So nobody really wants to talk about it, which makes your work even more important because the key word, I think, in Green Eyed Guide is guide. Right. And that is the thing that I think people are looking for when they don't have the time to necessarily do the deep dives and read 50 page research reports. So the work that you're doing can be very helpful to help people steer the ship, strategically consume caffeine, which you talked about, and hopefully um, be able to manage it in a way that they're staying healthier, but staying as alert as possible in a challenging world to stay um, on your toes. Uh, and that's a understatement. Uh, Danielle, where can people find your work and uh, give us the books again and where people can find them? Yes. So the best place to find me and my books and what I do is greeneyedguide.com. My books are available anywhere you buy books, and that includes Audible, Kindle, Amazon. Your local library might have it in their system if it's not on their shelves. My books are called Are You a Monster or a Rockstar? The second book is called how to get shit done when you feel like shit. I have a feeling that second book is actually going to ultimately outsell the first one because it's yes, it's already been a bestseller in three different categories. I'm very, very proud. I well, wrote that when just, I was pregnant. So it was my last, uh, hurrah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, but it's just, and, and again, sadly it's so relatable Yes, because so many people are always in that state where they just don't feel close to optimum yet. They still got to get quote unquote shit done. And of course, those are the people who are going to be more likely to to overshoot and start pounding seven or eight coffees a day or doing other things to sort of keep themselves up. So good that you can sort of help people stay within a window that's manageable, but healthy. Um, great stuff today, Danielle. We really appreciate you joining us today on What If Discussed. Thanks so much. And we'll catch up with you down the line. Thank you. Thank you so much. So great stuff uh, with Danielle Robertson. Yeah, really and I mean smart, that. Yeah. I know I say that all the time and it usually is great stuff because we have great guests. But this is an area that, uh, you know, it's the old Mark Twain quote, right? Um, everybody talks about the weather, but nobody does anything about it. <laughs> and this feels like to me, like everybody, we, we all kind of know there's an A, an addiction problem. And B, there's a deeper problem if the majority of your society has to artificially elevate their energy levels you yeah. got problems that are deeper than just caffeine content. It means that society is moving at a level that's that's it's, exhausting it's people. Way too fast, yeah. That's unhealthy. We know the stress epidemic. We know the anxiety epidemic. We know that, you know, people depressed. So that's a conversation and, and it's definitely a story for another what if because it's a big, big macro conversation. But do you see this slowing down anytime soon? No, it's only gaining in momentum. Like we were saying, 15 years ago, nobody had energy drinks and there was no Starbucks on every corner. Now there's a Starbucks or two on every corner. Every, everybody I know is pounding energy drinks as fast as they can. Or coffee and, or tea, yeah, green tea. We're, yeah. yeah, so we're becoming, you know, a nation of... Addicts. Addicts, yeah. I to, mean, to, like the question is, what if you were addicted to energy drinks? But the truth of the matter is, we're, I don't know a lot of people who aren't addicted to some sort of stimulation. No, everybody's got their vice, certainly. Well, you know what? I don't think my mother has anything, although she might like a cookie once in a while. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not so sure that everybody has an addiction. Yeah, yeah. But we're certainly turning into a nation of, and I hesitate to say drugged, because nobody mm -hmm. really thinks of caffeine as a drug. So, But that's the perfect analogy. 
because this is what she, so remember what she said, right? She's talking about tolerance level, right? And I'm listening and she's like, well, you know, you start off this amount when you're younger and then by 50 where, you know, the most people that consume caffeinated drinks are whatever you need more to whatever and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, huh, she could be talking about cocaine, She could be talking about marijuana. She could be talking about any other drug because that's exactly what happens. The physiology after a while doesn't Mm -hmm. get the same bump from that amount and requires more. Hence, you saw like when the energy drinks came into the market, like people were astounded at like. So wait a sec. There's like whatever she was saying, like 150 grams of caffeine, milligrams of caffeine in this, whatever, and 300 and some plus there was 40, 70 grams of sugar. Like, it was a heart attack in a can. Yeah, that must have been a jolt for people who first... Uh, but for you people out there the who pioneers. are ready to jump on and judge the energy drink crowd, what did she also say about the lattes, the caramel macchiatos, and the pumpkin they spice can, lattes? They can be even worse. They are much worse. You're Not got, much worse, but they're you're getting worse. A, you're getting a, 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 a more than a day's... Way more probably than a day's recommended. I think she said 36 milligrams of sugar. Of sugar. 36 of sugar and 400 max of uh, caffeine. So you're getting more than that in, uh, not the pumpkin spice latte, but was the one before yeah, that? Yeah, like uh, I would imagine most of those drinks have 40 plus grams of sugar. Oh, yeah. Anything uh, with that whipped cream. and Come on, man. Yeah. And then you're throwing in like, uh, you know, uh, Coke, you know, Coke or, uh, you know, any. Yeah, it's not your only sugary caffeine drink of the day either. You know, people aren't just having a latte. That's that's their mid-afternoon treat. I have tried to switch to tea because it sounds whatever. And again, I think in the end, there's obviously less other things in it. I haven't gotten the same jolt. If you will, is Jolt Cola a real thing? Or was that the it was Simpsons? a real thing back in the eighties and nineties? Oh, that's right. And I, I guess it was. Like, I'm like, I don't know. I think it got removed from the shelves. <laughs> I'm not, I have no idea if that's true or not. Please don't sue me, Jolt Cola. Story for another. Yeah, one. I'll say. Well, we'd like to thank Danielle Robertson Rath once again for joining us on What If Discussed. Now, if you want to have more, what if is it possible that you want more? Of course, it is. What if? Well, then why don't you head on over and sign up for the What If Explorers Club newsletter for tons of cool science stuff. Find out what we're doing behind the scenes, what videos we're doing on What If. What we're drinking. What we're drinking here at the desk. Sure. uh, Maybe you'll find out more about how to survive. Another show, how to survive drinking a thousand cups of coffee a day. That's not a bad one. I'm going to put it on the the list of videos that we're going to start doing. Um, So we want to find out when that's going to come up. Well, join the What If Explorers Club newsletter. Go to whatifshow.com to sign up. That's whatifshow.com. Any last uh, final thoughts before we kick the people off? No, I think I, I think we did a uh, a good job of providing a service for ourselves and others today. I mean, you know, sometimes you're just contemplating hypotheticals that are obviously never going to happen or are light years away or mm-hmm. are thousands or millions of years from something we really need to ponder. This is a real issue right now in yeah. almost everybody's life. So I think that not only the discussion today, but checking out uh, Danielle's books would be something that's probably, I, w- I would imagine in some way or another, you're going to get some help. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was an eye opener for me just to, I mean, I, you, obviously, you know, caffeine is in coffee, but just you never think about it or I never think about it. So I just go about my day drinking as much coffee as I feel like and then realizing, oh, there's a maximum of this drug mm-hmm. that's in your drink that you should be having and you are drinking a drug. And that's just it's good to keep that 
top of mind just so that you know going through your life, oh, yeah, I'm drugging myself or I'm dosing myself. Mm -hmm. I'm dosing myself. Look who's the sponsor now and look who's the addict. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to need your help. Okay, we'll see you next week on What If Discussed.